Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this episode, we are talking about Sex in the City, the movie from 2008, written and directed by Michael Patrick King. Michael Patrick King, most known for creating his probably his best work, um, which is The Comeback with Lisa Kudrow, but uh, probably has made the most money from some of his worst work, which is Two Broke Girls, which he co-created with Whitney Cummings, and these movies, which I think that these movies are maybe worse than Two Broke Girls. I mean, I haven't watched a ton of Two Broke Girls, but I watched enough. I, I watched for Kat Denning's boobs, honestly. I, I yeah, I never religiously watched Two Broke Girls or even, you know, casually watched it. But I, I do vaguely remember catching a few episodes and I would say it is better than the Sex and the City movie or at least the one we're talking about today. I still I wanted to really savor this one before I watched the next one because I'm terrified of the next one. But oh, OK. I, kn- <laughs> I mean, I'm, I know we're going to talk about that one next week. So, yeah, I marathoned um, both of the movies um, with my boyfriend, we we sat through both of them. That is tort. That is like doing a lot to yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Emotionally, I mean, a lot was going on. I mean, for the second movie, we got a pizza. So yeah, you definitely need a pizza or some takeout to to process. I uh, I definitely watched this during the daytime and drank a beer though like it was like maybe noon and i had a beer i was like i need a beer yeah i Um, should have had some wine yeah and i just i sat through without wine and that was really a mistake but uh sex in the city the movie starring all of our faves we got we got sarah jessica parker kim cattrall um cynthia Cynthia Nixon. nixon Uh, gosh, Charlotte. Charlotte. <laughs> I always play- forget the actress's name, which plays really Char- does reflect Kristen Davis. Kristen Davis, yeah, which Kristen does reflect Davis. like my feelings about Charlotte. But we'll we'll get into that. Um, she's although she's like the least annoying in the movie, in my opinion. She is the <laughs> least annoying in the movie. Well, the interesting thing about Charlotte is, and I mean this is true for. Uh, we'll just talk about this one. Uh, see, I'm I'm tainted because I watched both of them. The thing about Charlotte is, is that she really doesn't have an arc in this movie because her relationship with Harry doesn't actually have any issues. There's really nothing wrong. And I think that the reason why um, Evan Handler, who plays Harry, is the one man in the movie who talks the least is because he's the only man in the movie that doesn't do anything wrong. So he gets nothing to say. To the point where I was watching it the whole time, it was like, let Evan Handler speak. Let him speak. But then I realized, you know, he's still getting his check. And at this time, he was still on Californication. So, I mean, Evan Handler was okay. He was fine. But, uh, yeah, he really didn't get much play. Like Harry said almost had, nothing. <laughs> he definitely got a halo, though, you know. And, I mean, we, off of the podcast, have talked about how he is our favorite of the men of Sex in the City, which declaring a favorite of the men of Sex in the City is a very, it, that's a risky position to take because there's a lot of opinions and there's a lot of men. Um, and there's others that I, I, I like Steve. He has his issues, but I do like Steve. I um, do not like Steve, especially in this movie. <laughs> oh, you know what? Well, I, 
I don't like him as much in this movie, but I also don't quite agree with the way Miranda handles it. Um, really? Yeah. Really? Okay. So, I mean, I would tell you, I would like, this so is we'll where just, we'll we just should do talk spoilers about the plot. for the movie to everybody. Cause like, I'm but, just gonna, I'm going to go ahead and assume since we both know personally, most people who listen that you have watched this movie. And if you haven't, you know, sex in the city. So, you know, yeah, you kind of know who everybody's Because we're not going to explain six seasons of Sex and the City. I mean, yeah, uh, and it's going to be really hard to... I mean, we're going to have to talk about, like, parts of Sex and the City as in the show to compare it to this, but, um, but it's going to be... Yeah. Yeah, we can't contextualize all of it. Yeah. Yeah. But um, the, the hard thing about talking about this movie is that it's really just an entire season of Sex and the City pushed into one movie. Which is why they had so many bad montages. Oh my god! Yeah, um, and so it's so forced. And so it would probably make more sense to talk about what everyone's plot is and then tie them in when necessary. So should we start with the bigger stuff or the smaller stuff? And by the smaller stuff, I mean should we start with Samantha? I think <laughs> let's start big and then it'll leaf out. Okay. Well, big is always big and Carrie. <laughs> uh, the big plot is that uh, Carrie is apartment hunting with big, like looking for a place to live with him and trying to like build their life together. And then um, essentially like they, they go to something called a revenge auction at the beginning of the movie where it's like this woman was with a rich man and like really, like improved her life, really leveled up. And then um, I don't know if he cheated. I cannot remember if he cheated on her or what happened. Did he cheat on her? Um, I don't I don't no, actually remember if he cheated. I just know after 10 years, he like locked the like. Oh, he yeah. Like he just changed just the her out. And yeah. he got rid of her. He basically I think he did leave her for another woman. I just assume, I guess. Yeah. He just like he like kicked her out like it. This woman's story is very similar to the beginning of Diary of a Mad Black Woman. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. uh, Yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen... Have you ever seen Diary of a Mad Black Woman? I have, yes. (laughs) Yeah, it is, because it's just like... She's just like been with this guy forever, and then they get back from this like fancy dinner, and he's just like, look, so you're moving out, and then all her shit's in a U-Haul. And it's just... (laughs) It's such a like... Like, there's so many played out, but, you know, true stories of, like, betrayal and heartbreak and, like, a marriage falling apart. But it's such an extreme, immediate. Also, this came out four years after Diary of a Mad Black Woman, so... mm, mm, mm. Ooh, the white women stealing. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, so this this woman decides that what she's going to do is auction off everything expensive that he ever gave her in, like, this very, like, public, like, fuck you auction, which is actually... A really smart thing to do. Like if you're if you're trying to survive and you don't have anything, why not just sell the fancy things so that you can live that makes sense to me? Yeah. yeah. It's a pretty like like I have emotional empathy for this woman, you know, just on the level of being having your heart broken that hard, but it is from a class perspective, it's hard to feel f- bad for these women when like their way of grieving is selling five thousand dollar things um well i mean but but from like on the practical level i'm like no that's great and it's not it's not that i can't feel bad for somebody because they have money it's more like some of the optics of sex in the city like there's another there's an episode in the series where they go and a woman has just become a designer after a breakup and everyone's buying like 
multi hundred dollar products from her. And again, it's not that I'm like, oh, she doesn't have feelings. It's more like just like such an absurd. It's such a. It's kind of like yeah, a shrewd way to deal with things. Like it's like, yeah. Uh, yeah, let's deal with the breakup by making sure that I get money out of it. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, it's just like, well, I guess I'll just have to have thousands of dollars now, like extra. Well, yeah, and I mean, in this, in the case of this woman, I'm wondering if she was like a lower class woman who became rich, and so like she's just like, I'm not going back. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> she's like, I might not be as rich as I was with him, but I will sustain something. Yeah, and I mean, it really doesn't... As long as you have, like, fancy clothes and people never see your apartment, you can totally pull it off. I mean, that's basically how Carrie pulls it off through most of Sex in the City. She has fancy clothes, but she has a regular-ass apartment and never the whole... <sighs> yeah, that's true, because the other three women have... Well, Miranda's is more practical, but she's definitely got more money than Carrie because she's a lawyer. Um but like Samantha is like rolling. I mean, yeah, because she's course, a, Charlotte. Because she's a publicist, even though I'm not sure if publicists actually make as much money as Samantha does. I mean, that's she very owns confusing. a PR company, so I feel like that's oh, right. So that's it. Because at first I thought she was just a publicist, and I was confused because I was like, I interact with publicists a lot. Um, well, and it's like they're she- like 24, and they you know probably have a nice salary, but. Yeah, it's like, she, yeah. but she, the thing is, is that she doesn't act like she runs anything. Like, no, for the person who, like, is a par- who apparently has the most money, like, more money than the working lawyer is, is Samantha, but you barely ever see Samantha do any work. It's just, like, implied that she did it. It's so, yeah, like, with, I, I, was, I was fascinated with that, like, in this movie, because her work came into the plot, but also throughout the show, because, It'll show Samantha out with the the women and her status as a publicist gets them in places, gets them into parties, you know, all these things. And, and of course, pays for her apartment. But, yeah, you don't see her do any legwork, whereas you see Carrie write her column. You see Miranda stressed about work. Um, and, you know, and Charlotte, Charlotte's just free riding off of Trey. Well, yeah, well, Charlotte, like, after her divorce with Trey, she she does nothing. And I think as soon as she marries Trey... She quits her job. She was a she was a muse. She worked at a gallery. She was like a curator or something, and she gives that up very quickly when she gets married. And she basically stays unemployed for the rest of her time on the show and also for these movies. She doesn't work at all. Yeah, she just she's like a mom. And she's the only one that doesn't have a job actually. Now that I think about it, yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah. Um, and so basically after. After, during the auction, the, Carrie has a conversation with someone, which I, I th- is the woman who started the auction. I'm not sure. But basically, they're just like, oh, yeah, we didn't get married and I didn't have any claims to anything. And like, no, it was like a woman. And the woman was just like, oh, yeah, like a gossipy woman who was just like, yeah, I mean, they didn't get married, didn't have any claims to anything. And, you know, you got to do what you got to do and blah, 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 blah. And I guess Carrie decides, OK. All of a sudden, I'm insecure about my relationship, and I have to marry big. So because he makes more money than me, 
Like, she doesn't say that, but I think she wants to marry Big because he makes more money than her, and they're buying a big, expensive apartment, and he's paying for most of it, and she wants to make sure that she has a claim to everything. That's what it seems like. Doesn't it seem that way to you? Yeah, it definitely seemed like there was a light bulb moment where she was like, oh my gosh, if we fall apart, I don't want to be an idiot who's left with nothing and doesn't have an apartment. And, And, like, on one hand... That that feeling of wanting the financial like backup is smart, but yeah. like getting married isn't that doesn't seem like actually the wisest way to deal with that. Well, I mean, I, I think a lot of people well, you know, I think that we'd have we'd be more sympathetic to what Carrie needs to do if we felt like Carrie needed help in any kind of way. Like, I know that a lot of people, like, lower class and middle class people or people with children get married for, like, benefits and, yeah. like, documents. And, you know, it's a it, it's a true decision it's and true. it's not necessary. And the government, yeah, the government will help you in more ways and you get tax breaks, you know, if you're married. So, like, there's a lot of, like, you know, paperwork. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but the thing is, is that I, I think the issue with, uh, like, because I had trouble sympathizing with Carrie in this way, which is, like, something, like, I talk about feminism a lot, and I talk about, like, financial security for women a lot, and how important that is, and how women should definitely take their finances seriously, and, well, uh, like, I say that, but I'm also learning a lot about that, because I'm young, and so I'm trying to be shrewd about, like, you know, it's important to it, it's not it's not necessarily bad for a woman to be like i need to secure my future like that's something that women should do especially with like a uh, danger of getting trapped or or abused or something like like legal protections like money protections insurance for the children the problem with carrie is is that Carrie doesn't ever really seem to need anything. And Carrie also seems to spend her money very recklessly for as much money as she has. And I think that's why it's harder for us to. It's harder. Yeah, yeah. that's very true. Because if Carrie was in a different position and she's like, because she does, I believe that she loves big and I believe that she, you know, and I understand, I understand that feeling of, especially because at this point, both Miranda and Charlotte are married you know, and and so it's normal. Two of her best friends are married. She's at an age where a lot of women are married. She's in love with someone that they're gonna, they're like moving into a nice place together. So it makes sense, you know. Oh, paperwork wise, this also makes sense for that to be on the table. But yeah, like you said, because she, you know, buys five hundred dollars shoes with a credit card, which again, hey, we all have our things. You know, and also because you you get the feeling that because these are these women love each other, you get the feeling that if she ever broke up with Big, actually we we see this in the movie too. We get the the she would be taken care of. Her wealthy friends would take care of her. So like it's not only that like she has this like very rich older man. It's also that she has rich friends that are never going to let her end up on the street, and would probably like if she if she broke up and couldn't afford an apartment, they'd probably pay for an apartment for her, give her a loan. This is a woman who is going to be okay no matter what. And that makes the stakes way lower than they would be if it was someone else. Like her like her assistant that later shows up, Jennifer Hudson. Yes. <laughs> oh, Jennifer, I was like, 
Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, so basically, um, Big wants, to, Carrie wants to marry Big. Big is a big, a big thing in the show is that Big doesn't want to be married anymore. The first time it was because I was married once and I didn't really like it. The second time because Carrie ruined his second marriage, which is something that I was thinking about throughout the entire movie. And it's not e- exactly her fault. It's both of their faults. But the fact that Carrie was instrumental in ending his second marriage makes it like makes it even weirder when she's just like insisting for it to happen knowing you know what happened before but i mean he's he seems fine enough he's just like yeah i want to be with you for the rest of my life i'm not really interested in anyone else so i guess i can and at first she wants to have just like a regular like you know wear a regular dress and like get a justice of the peace and do a small thing with her friends which would have been fine but then she <laughs> has a conversation with Candace Bergen at Vogue and Candace Bergen is just like an entire issue dedicated to your wedding, a, vo- a wedding Vogue issue, Carrie. What do you think? What do you think? And also like Charlotte and, and Charlotte and her sassy gay friend, Anthony, like look at their dress, which, which, which isn't a designer dress. And they're just like, you're going to wear that. And it's to like, your it's, wedding? Yeah, it's almost like a pantsuit um, yeah. style. Like, so it's very, it's not gaudy, you know, and, and Carrie is a gaudy dresser. So it doesn't seem like her, but it also is so subtle for that friend group. Um, yeah. And so they're, they're like, no, you got to go all out. Like, come on, you know? And then, so of course, you know, Carrie is somebody who likes a spectacle. So with, with other people pushing this, she's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go for it. Let's do the big wedding. Let's do the big dress. Let's, let's like, you know, go in. And like even Samantha, like who at first is a little bummed that Carrie's getting married because she, that means Samantha's going to be the last one. And, and Samantha, you know, had a solidarity with Carrie. Like I think Samantha always knew that Carrie was obviously way more of a romantic and a little bit more naive than her. But I think they also, of the four, even though Miranda was always like a cynic, I think that Samantha kind of always thought that her and Carrie would be like single. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, and since Samantha's also older, you know, that's, that's also another thing that makes it a little more lonely, I would say. Um, Anyway, so... So yeah, so the the big the big plot <laughs> for most of the movie is that or for the first half is that Carrie and Big are getting married, they're figuring out this wedding. But then the day of the wedding, well, oh, okay, actually this is where we should talk about Miranda. Um Oh, are are we going to talk about what Miranda said, the big thing that she said at the yeah. rehearsal dinner? Okay. Here's here's the fucking thing with this shit, and here's where I start to get fucking angry. Okay, all Miranda said. Wait, but we we still we have to contextualize that first. Oh yeah, we do, we do. Okay, um, so before I get angry, let's say Miranda and Steve have like hit a dry spell. They're not having sex a lot. They've lost the passion in their marriage, and then (laughs) there's a great scene where (laughs) they're having sex, and then Miranda's like, "Let's get it over with." That, okay, I laughed. Wow. I like laughed so hard though, and this is like, be just because like that's a horrible thing to say to someone in bed, but it's also a feeling that everybody has had during sex. At least, well, okay, not everybody, but I think like when you're tired, no matter how good the sex is or how like 
I don't know. I've definitely been in relationships before. <laughs> Sorry if you're listening. This isn't like a subtweet, but like where I'm having a night and I'm just exhausted and I just want the sex to finish so I can go to sleep. Like, I think that's a normal human thing. And if you're married, that's going to happen eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe I'm, I might be like, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you're just like being a pragmatist or like what, but yeah, I mean, that happens. And then you find out that Steve, that Steve slept with someone else. Yeah. Um, and this is after they get in a fight after she says that, because I mean, obviously that's a horrible thing to say. And Steve's like, we haven't had sex in six months, which is like, whoa, how are you guys? You know, whatever. I haven't been married, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm like six months. Six months uh, is a long time. Like if I haven't had sex with my boyfriend for like two weeks, I'm just like, I'm like, are, are we together? What's like, going on? <laughs> yeah. Like what is like, that's kind of a big thing. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, and, and, you know, it would be one thing if they were like, I don't know, like uh, somewhere on like the asexual spectrum or one of the, or they didn't really need sex, but this is a couple who like used to fuck a lot. So yeah, totally. And that was like, they, their first date was a one night stand. I mean, it wasn't really a one night stand. It was a date, but like they, they have not been shy. Like that's been one of the things that p- pushed them together. So. Yeah, and I mean, uh, so, so yeah, that's Miranda's plot throughout the movie is like trying to deal with the fact that Steve cheated, and and she leaves Steve too for a lot of the movie, and is like living in a separate apartment, and and everybody's being a fucking dick because they're just constantly just like, why won't you forgive him? Why won't you forgive him? Nobody even really, when she mentions that he cheated on her, nobody really even takes it that seriously when she says it, which really troubled me. I was like, why is everybody acting like this isn't a big deal, especially Charlotte, who is very anti-cheating? Charlotte is so anti-cheating that one of the best plots of the show is when... Carrie is cheating on Aiden with Big and Charlotte is one of the like everyone kind of just lets Carrie have it like Samantha lets Carrie and by lets her have it I mean lets her do it and doesn't really bother her but um it really I remember it really bothering Charlotte and Charlotte being mad at Carrie for you know leading a married man astray or you know fucking with the marriage like that's that's a huge part of the show. Yeah, and Charlotte, and that was actually one of the moments that I really liked Charlotte because she was just like, Carrie, you're not even admitting that there's another woman who is a human being, that you are, like, so blinded by your jealousy and, like, narcissism that you can't see the fact that you're hurting her, too. And I was like, "Woo, Charlotte was some real shit. Yeah. Um, so it's so it's very weird to me to see Charlotte in this movie just like, oh, it was just one time. Like, like Charlotte wouldn't freak the fuck out if Harry went near anyone else, which he wouldn't. Because, um, <laughs> yeah, because Harry's faithful and yeah, but... <laughs> But, like, it's Charlotte never has really had to deal with cheating. Like, Trey was never going to cheat on her. Most of the guys that are with her, most of the time when she leaves the guy, it's because she just is not interested in him or he does something that she doesn't like. Charlotte really doesn't get wronged a lot by men very much, so it's weird for her to have an opinion about this. (laughs) Yeah, because, like, I did... This was one of the moments where, like, the feeling that Miranda is, like, the least favorite of the friends kind of, I, I don't. Yeah, everybody kind of treats Miranda like shit, and I'm not sure why. Like, which <laughs> I think is funny because, like, 
I mean, I don't want to leverage who's the most intelligent because there's a lot of forms of intelligence and like I don't want to go down that because it's a tricky kind of gross road. But Miranda's really smart. And I think they're all I do think like even Charlotte, who I don't like that much, I think they're all smart in different ways. But Miranda like is not afraid to be smart and she like and like she can be self-involved like everyone on the show and everyone in the world. But like she also just like sees shit, you know, when it's not fun. Yeah. And, and she says it and she cares about her friends in a really honest, straightforward, mature way by just being like, what are you doing, dude? And I feel like she doesn't get the same. I don't know. I've There's so many scenes in the show where she's just like listening to Carrie <laughs> and giving her insight and like some real talk and I felt like when she had shit go down they were all just like you're gonna leave him and it was like not the point yeah yeah it's very yeah it's very everyone's very unsupportive to her in this time and everybody treats her like she's nuts for wanting to like consider raising a child by herself even though I think she was gonna do that anyway before she reconciled with Steve the first time yeah that was her whole plan was just realizing oh I want to have a kid I'll just do it. And this also feeds into going back to the show, me being really angry that she left Robert Leeds. <laughs> um, like I understand that. I understand that Steve, like there, she was still in love with Steve and Steve is her baby daddy. So it makes sense. But I was like, he was perfect. <laughs> Wait, who are we? Are we Dr. Talking, Robert Leeds? Are we talking about Blair Underwood right now? Yes. Uh, oh, didn't he end up being like? I mean, he end okay. So he ended up being an asshole afterwards, like because he but, was angry. But at the time, he was fine. Yeah, but at the time, he was fine. So I didn't know that, of course. And then when I saw that, I was like, okay, well, if that's a trait he has, he's probably not that great of a partner, you know, for longer than however long. But yeah. So, so I mean, to be fair, I'm sure he wouldn't have been good in the long term. But I was so mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he was like, because what I liked about him and her was that. Um, they both were ambitious and he didn't make her feel like an asshole about it like Steve did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the big thing was Steve that always really bothered me. Like, there are things about Steve that I liked. I liked that Steve, like, pointed out that Miranda's kind of classist. And yeah. that was a huge barrier in their relationship and stuff. But also, Steve was such an asshole about so many things. Like, the suit... Just let her buy you a fucking suit. God damn it. Oh, yeah. I couldn't <laughs> handle that. Because, like, there were... Because Miranda is classist. I mean, although I'll say she's also, like, the only one of the women who actually deals with it at all. Like, um, but... Yeah, she is classist. But, like, when she tried to buy him a suit, that was her genuinely trying to do something nice and, like, understanding that he couldn't do it for himself. Yeah. Like, that was a nice... that that She she was trying to be sensitive, too. Like She was, yeah. And, I mean, she's sensitive in her way. Like, she's, like, she's, like, she's a pragmatist. She's a little bit... She's a little bit hard around the edges, but she's obviously a kind friend and a good friend, and she's always there for everyone. It's just weird to watch everybody treat her like a bitch. And, yeah, it did annoy me that... She finally got with Steve after he, you know, owned a bar because, you know, it meant that he was you know, more successful than he was. But it also means that, I mean, the, the wealth gap is still probably pretty huge, but it, it meant that he was in charge of his own destiny in a way 
like ambitious enough to where it felt like they could be partners instead of her just a lawyer just like fucking this bartender who doesn't really want to be more than a bartender. So I I mean I kind of get it. I'm a little bit more sensitive to it now that I'm in now that I'm an adult and I can say, you know, I'd probably want to be with someone who wants to be someone too in the long term. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 like given her personality, she's they didn't have that much in common. No, no, they didn't. So I think when he became an entrepreneur, it gave them more in common because even though like being a lawyer is very different than owning a business, it it was like we both have this very strong focus. And then of course having a kid together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah. So they. So the cheating happens right. It pretty much happens, like, right after Carrie and Big get engaged. So, like, this is happening at the same time. This is, these are parallel plots. Um, you know, the dissolution of love or, a, you know, a certain phase of love and the the sealing of the vows. Um, so the night, it's the rehearsal dinner. And Big is starting to feel a little nervous. Um, yeah, he um, he's very nervous because, okay, so they were going to do this small wedding and then it became this big wedding, like to the point where like Vivian Westwood sent Carrie a dress, like a custom dress and the guest list swelled to like 200 people, which is just a whole fucking lot. Um, and and so he's he's anxious. Here's the thing. The, the thing that I hate the most about this movie is that it makes me understand Big as a human being and it makes me like him more. It's almost like Michael Patrick King didn't want it to like ruin every character, but wanted to save Big for some reason. <laughs> because Big Big's whole thread in this movie is that he, he wants to give Carrie everything that she wants. Oh my God, that closet. The oh, closet. I could not retch enough. The closet. Okay, so they Ugh. so they so they're getting like this big apartment and which is the reason which is the reason that leads to them getting married. But Carrie opens the closet when they first look at it and she's like, Ooh, this this there's not enough for my copious amounts of clothes. And then he's just like, I'll build you a bigger closet. And then he does, and the entire closet is big enough for like it's it's bigger than my apartment. I'm not even kidding. It's and it's like glowing. A like it's family literally could glowing. Be living in their closet. A family. It's disgusting. A like a family of 3 could live in that closet. Never mind the fact that like I have no idea how he created that space like with he the layout. Have, like He must have like there's knocked just, down another apart like a part of another apartment. He must have paid for another he apartment. He probably kicked out like a family who had been there, like, you know, rent controlled and was like, "Sorry, my my boo's got to have her shoes." It was just the closet like was disgusting, but it was also, but it, again, it was like, it was disgusting, but it was one of those things where you realized, okay, like big, big was always about throwing the dollars around. He was always like, I'll give you a ride in my car. Like he always had a, a limo and a driver and like, um, you know, would take din carry to these fancy dinners. Although to be fair, she only dated rich guys. So like all of them did, but um, well, only rich guys except for Aiden and Burger. <laughs> yeah, true. 
<laughs> well, Aiden was technically rich too. Oh, he just he like owned that furniture thing. He just acted earthy. Oh yeah, that's true. Okay, which well, was the, like almost more annoying. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. The yeah. But Burger, yeah, Burger was like also like writer, like you know, Burger was an actual struggling writer in New York, like a real like, one, like not Carrie. Yeah, like he was like <laughs> probably living in Brooklyn, like <laughs> which in the nineties, you know, was oh different. my god. Yeah, I love I love how she like at the time I was like, oh, Burger is the worst boyfriend, and Burger probably was. The the worst but it was super interesting to watch carrie like date somebody who is in a part of his life that she should also be in but she just happens to not be yeah <laughs> yeah no totally like well i also felt like that like her relationship with burger was interesting because it also called out the fact that and i think this is the way carrie's depicted she doesn't seem that into writing like yeah. for a writer, like her identity is being this columnist, columnist, and obviously, like they have the bits where she's writing, but she, she doesn't like. It's like, oh yeah, I got to go meet my deadline, but she doesn't seem like until she gets her book deal. I don't know. It seems so much more about the status than the actual writing or wanting to be better at writing, which I always thought was interesting watching the show. Yeah, yeah, it definitely... Whereas Burger has, like, the neuroses of a writer, which is annoying, but it's real. Yeah, um, yeah, a thing about um, Sex and the City, like, there are a lot of really bad takes on Sex and the City that are are based on, like, a lot of sexism, and by Sex and the City, I mean the show. Um, But uh, the one one really good take about an issue with the show is that upward mobility and feminism are very much intertwined in the show, and female liberation is exemplified by material gains for the most part. The only person who really doesn't, who person who starts out successful and stays successful is Miranda. Uh, like even Samantha, like does like get richer. I think d- throughout the show, but yeah. Miranda just kind of <laughs> stays the same because she. Has, she has a, a stable career. Like she yeah. might get a raise or something, but like she's not. She's not really on a path to like triple her income. Whereas like writing, you could because you could go from being a columnist to like selling books or or with PR. It's a different animal. Yeah, and I mean like there's stuff like the status things, like specifically Samantha. Samantha, I I mentioned while we were watching it the amazing um, the Birkin because. I don't remember if the sh- her Birkin pops up in the first movie or the second movie, but her Birkin does pop up, which reminded me of the the whole plot where she's fighting with Lucy Liu over getting a Birkin. Okay, yeah, so that <laughs> isn't in the first movie because I don't know what this is yet, and it sounds terrifying. Oh no, 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 no! Don't you remember the show? The huh. show. There was an episode of the show where she's fighting with Lucy Liu over a Birkin. Oh bag. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's that's. <laughs> Oh right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, so it's like I remember. Yeah, and she was Lucy Liu's PR person, and then um, wow, I had a whole brain wave there. No, 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 no. It's but, okay. Um, yeah. So like, yeah, because yeah, because she was so like, oh, I must have this, and I will use Lucy Liu's clout to get me this bag. Which, like, yeah, a lot of the there's a lot of sexist takes on the materialism in Sex in the City that like to you know make it like women are bad because they like thing you know they like fashion and that's shallow and i'm not here for that yeah um but 
But yeah, like you said, status and and material wealth is it, it is synonymous with success and freedom in this show. Yeah, and but they see it also like like they don't outwardly say it. Like the second movie is more about feminism, but this one, like it's very much like a white feminism kind of thing. That's that's definitely permeating through it that um, that we'd be we would be dishonest not to point out. Um, But uh, basically, um, to get (laughs) we're getting so deep into this show. Um, (laughs) It's hard not to. Yeah. um, So basically, uh, it's the rehearsal dinner. And Miranda tells Big, you know, you'd be crazy to get married. And but she's saying it because she's having trouble with her own marriage. And that, that's really what it is. And it actually really annoys me how everybody in the movie treats it like she said this, like, evil thing. Yeah. Especially later when it's, like... And she internalizes it like it was her fault that... Well, we'll give this away in a minute. But, like, yeah, she all she says is, like, marriage ruins everything. Which, like, Big is a, a grown-ass man. He can contextualize the fact that Miranda just got cheated on by her husband. And she never really knew if she believed in marriage before she got married. So, like, this is a big deal. Um, yeah, yeah, it's really weird because, okay, so, so just skipping ahead to the wedding, um, big, big, the night before the wedding, big has trouble getting Carrie on the phone. He finally does. And she, it's a very sweet moment where he gives her like, where she gives him, you know, she tries to soothe him and she's just like, it's you and me. It's you and me. It might be a big wedding, but it's you and me. And that's all you need to think about. And he, you know, he goes to bed fine. But then the next morning, you know, he hasn't seen her. And it's the wedding. And she's too busy, like, with the cameras and her friends and the fancy dress and everything. So he's by himself. And he spends the morning of the wedding calling her and trying to get a hold of her and doesn't get a hold of her. And I don't know why he doesn't get a hold of her. Is it because because, because um, Charlotte's daughter takes the phone? Charlotte's daughter, who's like three, takes the phone and puts it in her little purse. And, you know, she's three. (laughs) So so Carrie has no idea where her phone is. And Big is calling, thinking he's getting ignored by his almost wife. Um, So, you know. And, you know, but I mean. Shenanigans ensue. Okay, so there are two sides to this coin. One side is more is more important than the other one. But I will say Carrie is very anti-technology and Carrie is very bad to communicate with and he should know that. But, 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 it's very obvious throughout the entire movie that Big has anxiety and is an introvert. I'm holding up two fingers like everybody can see it. But those are two things that we learn <laughs> about is. Big in this movie. And I don't know if it's baked into the show as much. Like, I would have to rewatch it to know if he has had anxiety and been an introvert this whole time. And I just didn't notice it. But the movie portrays him as an anxious guy who's introverted, who wants to stay home, who wants to be with his be with his woman. He does not want to be bothered with all of this shit. And... Carrie, the movie p- very much positions Carrie, in my opinion, as a portray- doesn't position Carrie, but it portrays Carrie as kind of the villain here because he's just nervous. That's it. <laughs> he's just yeah. nervous. Yeah. <laughs> he. And so he he um, there's a there's a part where Carrie gets out of the car and um, he's just like, OK, I just need to look at her. I just need to see her face. And she doesn't turn around because she's preoccupied. 
And then he's just like, okay, I can't do this. And then he tells the driver to leave. And then um, Carrie gets her phone and calls him and freaks out. And he turns around. Um, he turns around to go back to the wedding because it's like, okay, I spoke to Carrie. I'm ready. And then he, when they meet, he gets out of the car. He's just like, I was nervous. I'm sorry. Although it I'm- should be, I feel like it should be noted. It he wasn't. It was already an hour and a half after it was like supposed to start. Okay. So like, because we're making him sound better than he was. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I just like I felt like because he did like she was humiliated. Like, yeah, he did take a long time. He did. He took a long time. He should have been. He he should have been in the church before her. He should have been there to receive her. Like. It was a wedding, you yeah, know, like, it's not just like being late. Like it was like, I think she, it was valid for her to be upset. Yeah. 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 It was valid. It was valid for her to be upset. Um, and so like when he said, when he tells her, okay, I'm ready. She just like beats him with a bouquet of flowers, which is like, I completely, I saw this movie in 2008 when it came out. Um, I think I got it on DVD. Uh, but like the only thing that I remembered about the movie was him getting beaten with those flowers. <laughs> it is a moment. <laughs> wow. She's just like, I knew you would do this. I knew you would do this, which like, did she, did she know? I mean, like, I felt like that was a lot, but okay. Yeah. And then like, of course, like Charlotte and like Samantha are holding her back and, like Charlotte she gives looks like she's about to whoop some ass, and I've never seen Carrie be violent before, so that was really strange. <laughs> yeah, that didn't feel like. I mean, it for that moment, for that significant of a moment for Carrie, I could see it. But yeah, for her personality, she's definitely not confrontational in that way. Yeah, it was like way wow. more like yeah. <laughs> okay, so I I I am going to like admit my bias here. The way that Carrie is portrayed in this movie made me so angry that I just ended up siding with Big the entire time. And I feel bad. I really do because <laughs> I hate... You don't have to feel bad. I do because, no, because I... Because, you know, he's not... <sighs> I know. Well, I hate Big in the show. Like, I've, I've talked to people who are like, oh, come on. Like, don't you see how he makes sense with Carrie? And I'm like, no, I get it. I get how she's attracted to him. And I and she drives me crazy in her own ways, but like in the show, I just can't stand him. Um, and I can't stand how like she has no backbone with him, um, even he, though it's like realistic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can we talk about something else? Um, <laughs> wait, does does Charlotte have any plot in this movie? Whoa, sorry. Okay, you don't want to. <laughs> no, no, no. I do. I do want to dig into this. I'm just so. And Carrie is so in this movie. She just she's insufferable. She is impossible to deal with. Like she, she's a baby. She's a baby. Yeah, she, because because okay. So after the big the big beating with the bouquet scene, she basically cuts off all communication with Big, and then she goes on her honeymoon um, with with Samantha and Charlotte and Miranda, and then basically just like mopes in. The- mopes in the hotel room the entire time and just like ignores her friends which i guess sure fine and then when she comes back to america because they were in mexico she like dyes her hair brown and 
or or does it that she that she's been dyeing her hair blonde this whole time? I don't know if she's no no. I think she dyes her hair brown specifically. I think that she was a blonde before. She dyes her hair brown. She hires Jennifer Hudson as her personal assistant, and you know tries to get her life together without Bick. And uh, should we talk about Jennifer Hudson? Definitely. Um, yeah, so Jennifer Hudson, like, the, so they have, like, um, there's an interview montage where, uh, you know, it's a classic interview montage where, where Carrie is interviewing her potential, um, assistants, and, of course, there's a few that are, like, silly, you know, like, one of them is, uh, Bridget, uh, um, why am I forgetting her last name? The comedian that I love. Bridget. You guys know who I'm talking about. Anyways, um, and she's drunk, and, like, there's just a few, there's a few that are being interviewed that are obviously not a fit. And then Jennifer Hudson comes through and she has, she's really sweet and she has a designer bag um, and tells Carrie about this service where you can rent designer clothes. Cause Carrie's like, wow, how are you like affording that? Um, if you have roommates and then, and she talks about how like during the interview, Carrie's like, why are you in New York? Like, why are you here? Cause she moved from St. Louis and Jennifer Hudson basically says, like, I'm here for love. And Carrie's like, wow, like, that's, you know, I haven't heard someone say that for a long time. I appreciate that. And so it's, like, this moment, you know, where Carrie, I think it's supposed to be, like, Carrie sees something of, like, oh, I miss that, you know. And Jennifer Hudson is, like, great. And so she hires her. Um and, like, obviously she's her personal assistant, but I don't really understand all of what she's supposed to do. Like, just, like, organize her apartment? Like... Oh, yeah. I mean, she basically organizes Carrie's entire life. Yeah. She just she just does everything for Carrie because apparently Carrie, like, is just so, so depressed. So And it's, like, again, like, I think this goes back to what we were saying earlier about class. Like, it was hard to feel bad for Carrie, not because, like, feeling depressed is something that I can't relate to or that I can't believe she would, but it's like, she's not, she's in a position where she doesn't even have to try to get herself to do anything. Yeah. She, Um, she, she hires this black woman to take care of everything (laughs) while she's sad. I mean, that's what happens. It's very, (laughs) this lower class black woman. Yeah. And, and, and it's and like Jennifer Hudson is like she's really great sweet to her the whole time and like can we talk about how Jennifer Hudson is like a breath of fresh air in this movie though yes because she is she is a delight she's like acting her ass off in a role that doesn't even really call for it she's just she's she's beautiful she's sweet she's got stars in her eyes she's nice to Carrie Carrie actually talks to her like a human being which is I think really the first time I remember Carrie talking to a black person for long periods of time I I think I honestly like thinking about it like I'm like is this the only time where Carrie talks to a black person in the whole show Uh, yeah I wonder because she never talks to the guy Samantha hooks up with and I don't think she ever meets um Blair Underwood. Yeah. And those so are like really the only black people on the show. That, yeah. Which is yikes. Yeah. It's in, you know, this is, this is Jennifer Hudson's first movie after she got an Oscar for dream girls, which I think is. Real. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it was so soon. Yeah. That yeah, makes sense with the timeline. She went from dream girls straight to this and then secret life of bees. What so. a, what a strange transition. <laughs> what a bizarre transition. Like, I wonder, I, like I would have to assume that she really, really liked sex in the city. Yeah. 
Yeah, because totally. she has a song on the soundtrack too. I I would like I would assume that too, just because like she's like, oh, I can get paid. Like I can obviously act and stuff that showcases my skills better and gives me more. But like this is fun, you know. Yeah, I think that she was having. I think that she was having a good time. Um. Yeah. So. And that's the thing. Big is gone for most of this movie. After the original thing, like he tries to he tries to email her, he tries to call her. <laughs> this is a great part of Carrie doesn't understand technology, where she's just like she tells like Jennifer Hudson, "Can you just put Big like in the place where I don't have to see his emails anymore?" <laughs> Carrie <laughs> reminds me of like talking to my mom <laughs> about emails. Like it cracks me up. Like the way that she asks like her friends, and in this movie she asks Jennifer Hudson about technology. It's like it's like when I talk to my parents. My mom's like, "So how do you enter the thing so that the internet saves what you want?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Okay." It's like this. It's like it's almost endearing, but I think with Carrie again because it comes from a place of entitlement and like laziness. It's annoying. Yeah, and like later. <laughs> Later in the movie, like, in a very pivotal moment, like, she doesn't have the email. She doesn't have the password to to um Jennifer Hudson's assistant email, which, like, she's your assistant. Why wouldn't you have that password? What? Yeah, like, she, like, it's your computer. Like, <laughs> so you know, bizarre. like, you're not, it's so weird. Oh, my God. Yeah, the whole time with the computer, whenever Carrie was anywhere near computer, all I could think about was that, that episode where, like, her, her Mac dies and then she finds out that everyone's been backing up and that she's never done it. Oh my gosh. I like, I could not, I could not deal with that episode. I thought it was so funny. And she's like, everybody's talking about backing their stuff up. When did, when did everybody start backing up? Yeah. I loved it. I was like, especially because like her only job is writing. So literally this is the most important thing and yeah she doesn't use her computer for anything else except writing yeah and that's her only source of income and it's also funny to me because like even if you don't keep everything on a hard drive with the internet it's really easy to store everything like i just store things like in my google drive you know and it's just funny yeah but um, so yeah while while carrie is uh being sad because her rich man jilted her at the altar um well not necessarily at the altar but close enough uh samantha's whole plot is that uh well samantha has two issues one that she's aware of and one that she's not really aware of the one that she's aware of is that her and smith jared aren't having enough sex and her neighbor has a lot of sex with like in front of the window or like with the doors open like he has very like very public sex and she's horny and smith jared is too busy you know living out the career that she built for him you know she re like the people don't like i don't know if they mentioned this in the movie but not only is she his publicist she renamed him she gave him a complete pr overhaul every all of his success is because of her but all of his success makes him busier and so she can't fuck as much, and Samantha really wants to fuck. That's the issue that she's aware of. The issue that she's not aware of is that she would probably have more time with him and more time to fuck and more time to, like, build a life for herself in L.A. if she didn't stop flying to New York all the fucking time. Yeah. 
She is. This bitch is always on a plane. She is she's always. always. And that's and that's Smith. Like they get in a fight, you know, and she's basically like, "We haven't fucked," and you know, and like he comes home late, and and she's like prepared sushi and put it on her body so he could eat it off of her body, you know, classic. Um, and and Smith's like, "Oh, I had to stay late, you know, I had to shoot." And then she's she's just like, we never have time together and I don't really have a life here. And he's like, yeah, well, you go to New York all the time. And also, like, didn't you want this for me? You know, and and so I kind of feel for Smith, Jared, because he's like because he was he's a lot young. He's like 20 years younger than her. Yeah, he's a lot younger. And he and she like she she's not controlling because like he wants everything that she helps him with. And she's also, like, so, like, free love that, like, she's not controlling in a way that could could happen with this dynamic. But there is a little bit of that feeling. Like, Yeah, the thing, yeah, the weird thing about her and Smith Jared is that, like, I don't really care much for Smith Jared, but that's just because I don't really care much for the the square jawed tanned whole thing that he has but he's a nice boy and he's always been a nice boy not only did he let himself get completely rebranded because his first i think his name was jerry jared and she was like no you're smith jared now like goes by a completely different name um was with samantha through cancer yeah like, and that and he like shaved his head when she shaved her head. Like that was one of the Yeah. Like I like Smith Jared, but my I, I don't feel emotionally connected to him like some of the characters because I don't believe him. Like yeah, I don't he believe he was an he unbelievably sweet he and kind too, like, and understanding it's not, younger man. Yeah, that's how I feel. Like it's not that I don't believe there are any like men that are like that whatever culturally, conventionally attractive that are also that faithful and all those things. But the combination of things that he was and the fact that it never really showed his flaws, like beyond being like a little bit dense sometimes, I was just like, no, I just don't. I, I don't see this guy not fucking up. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. Smith Jared was perfect. And it's weird because like Samantha is the one that fucks up. Like she's the one that's like constantly gawking at other men who just like really wants sex. And oh my God. So she can't have sex. So she eats. And oh we're God. supposed to be so I could disgusted not deal with that. By her eating By Kim Cattrall. Like so she comes into a party. <laughs> this was like also like a moment where I was like, I cannot stand these women. (laughs) Like there are moments in the show and really in the movie where I was like, if I was in a room with these women, I would be like Instagramming about how much I hated everyone. Like, um, because I like, yeah, anyways. Um, but she, no, I agree with you. You know, like I I just think about like events I've been to in New York where I'm like, I can't relate to anyone. And I'm like, Oh yeah, those would be the sex in the city women. But Kim Cattrall walks in and I don't notice this. I don't notice. She doesn't look. Oh any my god! To okay, me. so the camera lingers on her, and I'm and I'm just confused. Like I remember actually I was pausing so, the movie. I actually looked at her body, which felt real creepy. Like yeah, I, like, I was paused just it like, and what inspected. Is, I was like, like, I was like, what are they supposed to be? Like I thought, did she get a boob job? That's what I thought had happened. Then yeah. she gotten a breast lift or something because I didn't get it. And then everybody like started making fat jokes at her, and I was just like, about like her. She had a stomach. Like of course they had um, Anthony. Charlotte's friend who like gets to be every gay stereotype they had him um like make fun of her stomach and then everybody like has a weird intervention moment with her where they're like what's up like you you're eating so much food like which and like honestly like Samantha had a like 
I mean, all of the women had inexplicable bodies, you know, like somehow they never worked out except for Miranda. Like she's the only one that ever goes to the gym, but somehow they're all like tiny. Um, but uh, Samantha like never ate like in the show and she would make jokes about like just drinking. So like I always assumed she had an eating disorder, but like Sex in the City wasn't ready to like dive into that. Like they weren't ready to dive into rape and other things that they could have. Um, but but yeah, so the so then they they all demonize her because she's like, yeah, I just I don't have sex, so I eat, and they're all like, oh my god, and I'm just like, yeah, she's oh, a human, uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> and also and she's, she's also like an old, she's also a decade older than all of her friends, like give her a break, yeah, and she's Kim Cattrall, and she like looks incredible and it's just this like this was mannequin it's how can you treat the woman who starred in mannequin l- this way like this is not like this is like thanks like every nor like no i'm not saying kim cattrall is not a normal human woman but like every woman who isn't professionally hot like is like okay cool so thanks <laughs> so we're supposed to fat shame kim cattrall now um who like somehow looks that way at 50 fuck this <laughs> That's how I felt. I was like, fuck this. I have no time for this moment. Yeah. So, I mean, that's her plot. And is really anything happening with Charlotte in this movie? I really can't remember. Honestly, the only thing that happens with Charlotte, like she gets pregnant finally. Like she, her and Harry had adopted and then now she finally gets pregnant. Basically, she's happy and she feels guilty that everything's going well. Oh so yeah, that's that's her whole thing. Like her like, whole plot is like, can't be my perfect. life is perfect and that means something's going to go wrong. And like her daughter's really cute and Harry's still Harry. And like you said earlier, he doesn't really get much screen time. Um, but yeah, Charlotte's just like happy. She's like got everything she wants. Yeah. So yeah. So Samantha's, you know, in LA with Smith, Jared. Um, and basically what happens in this movie is there's the whole wedding thing. And then they all go with her to her. It's all very Carrie centric, just like the show. But like at the end, um, Miranda, who has been living alone, her and Steve go to therapy, couples therapy, and they decide to get back together. Um, And Carrie ends up. Oh, yeah. So Jennifer Hudson, like, had an ex that she was still in love with. And he shows up at a New Year's party and like and asks her to marry him. And we never get to see anything of her love story. And then she tells Carrie she's going to get married and move back to St. Louis and, like, there's a shot of her, like, trying on a wedding dress at one point. And I wanted more of that. I wanted to, like, Oh, my God. That. When I saw, like, her, like, whole black family, I was like, you cast a whole adorable black family and we just get and this one scene? This I is know. bullshit. I know. I was like, really? Because then, because you, like, even though Jennifer Hudson really didn't get much screen time, like, you wanted more because she was so warm on screen. Um yeah, I mean, pretty much everybody ends up okay at the end. Like, Samantha ends up dumping Smith Jared, and one of the last scenes is her back in New York with the ladies, and it's her 50th birthday, and they all, like, have a drink. And, I mean, Carrie and Big end up together because she finally opens up communication with him again, and he's, like, she finds out, she finds these emails and realizes he's been messaging her and everything, and she's just like, oh, my gosh. Um... So like I don't uh yeah this movie okay so <laughs> so we have to wrap up right soon 
I mean, Crumbs. we do. And there's just like already stuff like my notes for this were just so long because there's just so much weird shit in here. Like, like body shaming Miranda for not trimming her <gasps> vagina. Oh, yeah. there's, there's the national forest comment. Like, okay. So sex in the city. I always felt like the body shaming and sex in the city was like innate. Like it wasn't, it wasn't spoken. It was just like obvious because it was like only certain women like you know everyone's thin and like blah blah blah. but this movie actually like they like actually said things (laughs) yeah everybody was just like being shit to each other that was another thing that was weird it's that everyone was openly mean to each other in a way that isn't really like organic to the show at all and also like i don't know it was like a lot of it also i felt it also felt like as women who are friends for a long time, especially as you get older and you like realize how much, how many things are bullshit and what really matters. Like these women aren't so shallow that they're going to become more shallow as they get older. Yeah. Like, it I was don't really believe weird. that. And like, I mean, yeah. And I mean, it happened with everybody. Like, is like, I, I was thinking just about the scene where Miranda's looking for an apartment for her and Brady. And oh, God. oh my God. Okay. The gentrification so th- scene. The gentrification scene where she goes into a neighborhood and then she calls it up and coming, which like at the time in 2008, when I still lived in Georgia, I didn't know what that meant. Now that I've been in New York for three years, I know that up and coming means danger of whites. Whites are coming. And there's a, there's oh it's like a colonizing, like green light. She had this great. And by great, I mean, terrible line where she sees a, white guy with the baby and she's like oh my god white guy with the baby white guy with the baby we can move in here and she literally i couldn't believe that she said white guy with the baby this show like no matter how white it was nobody ever talks about being white or white people or feeling no, more comfortable around it white has people. a very like you would assume that if white privilege came up none of the women would have thought about it they'd just kind of be like oh yeah i guess i don't know yeah but like this time it's just like she gets excited and literally says white guy with a baby and i couldn't believe it i couldn't believe that miranda of all people would say something like that i couldn't like i couldn't like i was just like who is this character i don't understand who this is like the only person in this movie who kind of acts normally is samantha like yeah samantha Samantha acts like herself entirely (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it was so weird. And then, yeah, that was such a bizarre moment. That was, I, that was, I was really upset. I was especially upset for Magda, who just like this Ukrainian woman has to put up with you and your shit. And it's just like, oh yeah. And Magda actually said, cause they were walking. She's like, oh, it used to be Ukrainian. Um, yeah, and and like, and, and it kind of looked like maybe Chinatown. I don't know where it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be in Manhattan, like she was moving back to Manhattan, but not to like because you know, she moved to Brooklyn Midtown for Steve, or and she would never want to be. She God forbid just, she live in Brooklyn. God you know, forbid she get another Steve. place in Brooklyn. Like, oh my God, just just live close to your son. And this get over is yourself. just so much. Like, uh, I'm just gonna start. I'm just gonna like mention like a few other weird things that happened. Charlotte shits her pants because apparently we're doing poop jokes in this movie. This movie about four grown women. She shits her pants because she drank the water in Mexico because, oh, no, the ethnics. Um, oh, God. Yeah. The whole me- uh, Charlotte in Mexico. Yeah. Um, there was. Um, 
Yeah, there's some interesting stuff with Samantha where this isn't bad stuff, but it was interesting how she basically doesn't want to be with Smith anymore because she does not want to live her life according to a man. I mean, a lot of it had to do with her not wanting sex, but she just has this whole speech where she's just like, I say his name more than I say my own, and my entire life revolves around him. And I mean, whether or not that's true or not, in her mind, I think Samantha was just like, I've let a man become too important in my life. And that's part of the reason why she dumped Smith, which I thought was like one of the few interesting ideas in this movie. Yeah. And when she dumps him, she says a line that she actually said when she dumped Richard, where she's like, I love you, but I love me more. And I kind of love that line. I I love that. line. I'm like, I am keeping that for whenever I need it. Um, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a great line. And they're just like certain things where like, um, where, uh, before Jennifer Hudson leaves, Carrie gives her a designer purse and that's just like, here you go. Like, I'm not gonna. (laughs) And Jennifer Hudson's like, oh my gosh. Oh my God. Wealth. A little bit of wealth. Um, oh my God. This movie is so long. There's an entire Christmas montage. It's two and a half hours. It's y'all. This is a Lord of the Rings movie of like horrible. Yeah. Yeah. It really shouldn't be this long. Like it's, it's ridiculous. Like Avatar is 10 minutes more and these are both two overlong movies, (laughs) sex in the city of the movie and Avatar way too long. Um, uh, also, um, when Samantha comes back to New York and they go to like, they have fashion week and that's like a return fashion week, clothes, money. Yes. Blah, blah, blah. When they walk out and they're all in fur coats, these PETA people are like, fur is murder. And then everybody's just like, and then Samantha specifically is just like, it's great to be back in New York. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, kind of love that moment. Not because I love the use of fur, but just because I was like, that seems Samantha. <laughs> I was like, that's real. Um, there's also, I don't remember who says this because my note-taking skills are bad, but um, somebody made a suicide joke. Somebody made a hanging from the shower rod joke, which I thought was very strange. Very, do, do you tone, remember that joke? I don't remember that joke. Um, but yes, yeah, somebody said that. And I was just like, what? The whole tone of this movie didn't match the tone of the show at all. And it came through in the way the characters acted. And I realize it's hard to make a movie, you know, based on a show that everyone loves a few years after. Like, sometimes you just got to let something be done. But yeah, because this movie came out four years after the series finale, I'm yeah. pretty sure. But it's, like, still close enough to the series that it could have been done a lot better. Yeah, it could have been done a lot better. Because there's just so many... Like, I don't think people expected that much from the movie. Like, I... I, I feel like any intelligent person who likes Sex in the City isn't going to expect it to fill them up as much as six seasons of a show, but it really didn't. It just, it was just off. Like the tone, it was, if I felt like it brought out the parts of the show I liked the least, yeah. like it brought out the dissonance I felt between myself and the women, like oh, just yeah, the like wo- their wealth, the, their privilege, yeah. their narcissism, the fact that none of them seem to care, like none of them seem to have any kind of spiritual life or like idea of like the world outside of their small little bubble. Like, yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was very, yeah, it was like the darker side of the show, in my opinion, like everything was very, um, God, what was the note that I was about to do? Uh, <laughs> I completely forgot. <laughs> I was Sorry, just about I, like, to. Went on no, my... it's okay. 
Um, oh yeah, okay, there it is. Um, Steve Steve says something that makes me hate him in this movie where he's just like, yeah, I cheated on you. I betrayed one of the vows, but what about all the other oh, vows? okay, yeah, because I did. So I thought that Miranda got um, gaslit by her friends and that they were being assholes, but I also, I think the only thing I didn't understand about the way she handled the Steve thing was like, it, and maybe I was just projecting this, but it, it felt... It didn't feel like she knew, like, I don't want to be with you. It felt like she really did want him to just keep apologizing and feeling bad forever rather than moving on. And so I was confused about what she wanted. And then when they when they got back together, it made sense because, like, she needed to be by herself and see what she needed. And then she realized she was down to try. But when he pulled that line out, I was like, what are you like? That was the most that was the worst Steve thing that he has kind ever of said. fulfilled, like the nice guy trope in this movie, like, of just being like, what? I'm a nice guy. Like, I'm what? a baby. It's, Why are you such a bitch? And I was, Steve. How could you ever not want this I kind this of have a cool dog. voice. He and was, was making like, me miss Skipper, honestly. <laughs> oh, God. Skipper was Im- unbearable, but, like... <laughs> but, like, I, it's like Skipper was unbearable, but, like, he didn't get, like... Like, he didn't get the play that Steve got, you know? So, like, yeah, Skipper no, was more grateful. Oh, Skipper was super grateful. Broke up with the girl with his dick still inside her. That which is was wh- such a moment. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> which is just like, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know what? I, let me, looking through. Let's see. Okay, yeah. And also, um... One other thing, like a lot of a lot of callbacks to two thousand four, not with di- not just with Diary of a Mad Black Woman, but with um, Jennifer Hudson saving all of the letters that Big sent Carrie. I was just like, what is this? The Notebook? <laughs> oh, I know, and like, <laughs> yeah, it was. There's just so much. Like it, it's 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 impossible to talk about everything that is wrong with this movie. So like let's suffice let's suffice to say that everybody lived happily ever after. Carrie goes blonde again. They ha- they get married with in a small ceremony with a justice of the peace, and you know, Samantha starts fucking again. Um, Charlotte has a baby. She actually she actually runs into big when her water breaks which is the only scene in this movie that leads to harry talking because the baby because the baby comes and then carrie comes in and 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 she's like talking she's like talking to harry and harry's just like you know i mean the guy seemed really upset and i just think that you should you should talk to him. Like Harry's basically just like, like the, come on, Carrie. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, at least tell like, yeah, ha- Harry was great. Harry was great. I was like, this is the one like clump of lines that you get in this movie. And you're just such a sweetheart. And you're just like the most human person you and Jennifer Hudson in this movie. Uh, like, yeah. Cause, cause again, like, I like sex in the city. You know, that's why, like, that's why we were excited to do these movies. Cause we we're like, if if we hated all six seasons, there'd be no point in even pretending to do the movies. Yeah, but the thing is, yeah, but an important thing to know is that we like the show. And that's kind of why we hate this movie so much. Um, since is it, it fulfills all the stereotypes that people leverage against the show. Like people who don't like it because they're sexist or people who don't like it because they don't, which is valid too, you know. Um, this is like a cartoon of all of the worst parts. Yeah, I think... Up. 
Yeah, I think that, like, at the end of the day, Michael Patrick King really dropped the ball with this, and it kind of made me wish that Darren Starr had written and directed the movies, considering that he created the show in its original form, which before it got, like, like it got soapier near the end, and it got a little bit more outrageous near the end, but the beginning of Sex and the City, like, the first couple seasons were very down-to-earth, and I think that that has almost everything to do with Darren Starr, who... um. Um, he currently does that show on TV Land, Younger, that I've only seen like three episodes of, so I can't say whether or not Younger is good. Or not. I will say that Younger is outdated, but so are so are the sensibilities of really everyone involved with Sex in the City, so that doesn't surprise me. Um, but yeah, I just think I think that a lot of this has to do with Michael Patrick King kind of sucking, and he was a guy who worked on the show and maybe was a showrunner, I'm not sure, but he did not create the show or the characters or really anything. He was just the guy that they hired to do this movie and Sex and the City 2, and he, his sense of humor... His sense of humor is bad. He's not he's, funny. He's not funny. He's like, tacky, he's disrespectful, it's, there's no nuance, and like I know... I'm sure there's someone listening who's like, oh, there's no nuance in the Sex and the City movie. But, like, the show is clever. Like, it's cleverly written. And the movie is horribly written. It's horrible. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, and I keep on making allusions to the second movie because, like I said, I've already seen it. And Bronwyn has not seen it. I have it. not. But and next w- week we will be talking about it. And next week I think we're going to be way angrier because there is almost nothing salvageable about the second movie at all. <laughs> I, I had... Um, one friend described it as dog shit at the bottom of your shoe. And another person told me that it was like watching everything you liked about the show get lit on fire and you wanted to watch it burn. Yes. <laughs> so those descriptions, um, those those are what I'm going to remember as I angrily clutch myself watching it. So, yeah, tune in to the next episode where we really start putting our hands in the shit with Sex in the City, too. Sex in the, if you're going to see a Sex in the City movie, you might as well watch this one. But I would say, you know, don't, like, just watch the whole last season again, which the whole last season is a mess. But it's better than this. It is. And it ends, you know, like it ends. It, it ends. It ended already. Like, and I said this last week um, as I was leaving the apartment to Jordan, I said, yeah, because I had just finished watching Sex in the City for the first time. I said, yeah, this feels a little silly, but I just finished. And it's that feeling at the end of the show where I feel like I miss my friends. And and Jordan, you, you said, well, the, sh- the movies will make you never want to see them again. And the first one already has me feeling that way. So I'm sure the second one's just going to congeal that. Yes. So get ready. We'll see you next week. Yep. I'm Jordan Searles. I'm Bronwyn Isaac. Bye, guys. Bye.